This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hi there. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast. There you go. Our weekly... Are we... Are we... Are we... Are we... Are looking to... Are looking to our wieners. It's the Seattle Sounders FC nerdy soccer culture, an NSFW rating, and an attempt to understand the hottest wiener league not funded by foreign royalty. It's MLS. Oh boy! I'm, I'm going to replace every every time I see the word soccer now. Uh, when we, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt the intro because yeah, but. But every time the Sounders or anybody posts something that's like uh, yep. the you know the the national soccer community mourns the death of Diego Maradona, like nine, 90 people in the comments are like it's called football, and now I'm going <laughs> to just start responding with it's called Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's try again. Hi there, welcome to the full ninety Wiener Time podcast. Our weekly look at the Seattle Sounders FC nerdy Wiener culture fan outrage and an attempt to understand the hottest Wiener league not funded by foreign royalty. MLS. I mean MLW. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Seattle Sounders Wiener Club, but it is Seattle Sounders Football Club, so they're safe. Yeah, take that comment section. We're your host from mornings on 1077 the end. I'm Mr. Wiener, and he's been in the locker room on the pitch and in the stats booth at Wiener Link Field. Now called never at Lumen Field though. It's Brandon from the Wiener. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. I've never been to uh, I've never been to Lumen Field, so we can't say Nor that. Have I. I, you can't say that I've been in the stats booth at, at Lumen Field. Yeah, there you go. Wiener Field for sure. Definitely. Anyway. I've, been, I've been all over Wiener Field. <laughs> That's the 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 the, the broad or the, the sequel to uh-huh. Cloverfield. <laughs> Do us a quick saw to click on through. Click on. Click on through to Apple Wienercast. Give us a rating. <laughs> Definitely five stars. <laughs> but primarily, leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. Yeah, from Alex Roldan to Crustacean Roldan. <laughs> well, we have a new name. <laughs> hey, we got a review. Yeah, we got a review. Five stars. Thank you Woo! for listening. From Critter one two three four five six seven eight nine. Critter with a K. Very cool. Uh, yeah. With a K. Uh, Critter with a K says, makes me chuckle every time. I laugh out loud while listening to this podcast. I enjoy the Sounders content, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Favorite Sounder is definitely Stefan Fry. Thank you for the chuckles. You're welcome, Critter, and thank you for reviewing us. Stefan, I can stop a ball kicked right to me on a PK Fry. All right. Uh, I, I feel like Carlos Vela knew something about the way that Stefan Fry uh, does penalties because traditionally, and this is, I'm always worried about a penalty kick awarded against the Sounders because Stefan is terrible 
at penalty <laughs> at penalty kicks. There's, like, but there's not. Hold on, though. There's no being good at it. the The penalty shootout is totally a nine ninety uh, percent taker, one percent or ten percent uh, keeper. Like so, a, keeper, a penalty like a penalty shootout uh, is or a penalty one thing. kick of any kind. Yeah, Stephen Fry hasn't saved at one of these things. You yes, it's like obviously the scales are tilted toward the penalty taker. Uh, yeah, and especially when it's a penalty taker like Carlos Vela, um, Stephen Fry hasn't saved a penalty since uh, 2016, April 2016, up until now. So, yeah. um, uh. What I'm saying is, is like every time a penalty is awarded against the Sounders, I'm like, okay, this is guaranteed going to be a goal. And so, what I'm saying is that you should accept that for any PK ever, that it should sure. always be anticipated that that's a peak, that's a new who PK, part of his hat trick. It's going to be a goal. <laughs> I just sometimes think that like if it, with it, most keepers, there's at least some hope. Like the Sporting Kansas City keeper in their uh, shootout that they had um, in the playoffs uh, saved three out of the three that he faced, and then that was it. The game was over because his team scored the three uh, that they took. So you always think that there's hope. With Stefan, I'm just like, ah, oh, this is a goal. There's no, I'm, I'm like going to tune in in three minutes when the when the game resumes. Well, I mean, how about the guy for um, for Orlando? <laughs> It was a field player that made a save. Like that guy veiled the ball right to him. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that Orlando guy definitely, like, he should be, that should be a career moment for him. It obviously is. To be in the playoffs, to be, have, not be able to sub in a keeper after your keeper gets red carded during PKs and you have to put on the gloves and the shirt and get in the goal and try and stop it. The first one was hilariously bad and the second one, he straight up guessed right and got his hands to it. <laughs> what, a, what a mess that whole thing was. But I, I, Stephen Fry, like... I don't know. They they gave him a lot of credit, twelve men and champion, and everybody on the broadcast and everybody. He's like he just got in his head. He got in Vela's head. He he yeah. looked like he was gonna dive because every time this all goes back to what I was going to say originally is that every time Stephen Fry faces a penalty, he does the same half dive to the right. That's like I'm gonna I like, and then it's just kind of you. If you put it to the left, you're going to score because Stephen Fry is always <laughs> gonna do the half dive to the right. This time he does the little like you know if if you hold our uh, the right bumper uh, when you're playing FIFA as a goalkeeper, he does the little like juke and like dance noodle arm thing. That's what Stephen Fry did, and it got in Vela's head, and he put it right down the middle, and and Steph just caught it. He didn't even save it. He just was like, thank you very much. And in Vela's head, he was just like, wait, which which paddle do I press? Somebody uh, somebody told me, or somebody on Twitter said, uh, knew who, who uh, gave up the PK. Oh, is Stephen Fry a drink? And I'm like, yeah, that's funny that you think that knew who can afford to buy anybody else dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that was a great point from... Um, who was it from? Scuba Steve yeah. or Mr. Walton? One of the two. I think it was, was Scuba like, Steve. If I had, you know, if I had three bucks for every time, hold on. If I had five dollars for every time uh, somebody said "What a save by Fry," I'd have three new who's. <laughs> and you expertly re- re- uh, responded, "That would be that's nearly sixty nine dollars." Almost. Wow. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> new who's just happy to be here, man. <laughs> My God! Oh, how about the praise from the coach going into halftime? Huh? Tough kid. Yeah. Okay. So knew who had a game, and <laughs> he I think, really did. I First think, of all, it starts in the pre-match when John Champion straight up calls out knew who <laughs> with the enigma that is knew who, and like I'm like, first of all, how dare you, you son of a bitch? You get out there and crazy leg someone, okay? I think like 
it new gets a lot of a lot of bad rap and i think it's just for like the the 40 bicycle kicks that he does per game in the years leading up to this but as we've talked about on previous episodes this season new is actually like a great left back now he can play the position well and safely and he doesn't scare me as much anymore and no one gets a thrown beer past him. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially at the Banyo. Uh, <laughs> he like he played, but then again, okay. So he has he has a, a you know a rough first you know few minutes to the game, gives up a penalty that thankfully gets saved. But the rest of that game, I would argue that despite like everybody saying that he's he's having a rough a rough go. Um, I actually think he played really well. He played really safely. He had a lot of really great clearances on corner kicks for for a guy that's shorter than, like at least a head shorter than most of the players on the field. He he defended a corner kick that was going straight to the head of Be- uh, Bradley Wright, Bob Bradley Wright Phillips. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and like got up above Bradley Wright Phillips or got to the ball uh, first and and set, set it out for a corner and that was like the first of five different uh, corner kicks that he defended alone and blocked and and so he had a great great defensive game maybe he wasn't as great going forward but and he did give up one penalty but other than that penalty he he had a great game I still think that the I can't give you the specifics but he had a couple pretty significant blunders in the first half I think that he's the type of guy tough kid gets a talk from the coach like a little confidence talk then he makes another error right at the beginning of the second half and Yamar's yelling his face off at him and he gets a little chippy back and I think that's what activates new who mm. I feel like you need to like stuff a beehive down his pants or get some murder hornets or something like that and then he's like then he like comes to life and becomes like the this like unstoppable monster. He's like full Clint Dempsey, where like he's fine if like Clint Dempsey. I feel like would be the person who would have the hardest time playing in an empty stadium because he needs somebody yelling F- you at him for him to play well. You know what I mean? Like he needs he needs to be like. Uh, engaged with with fans who hate him he feeds off of that and i think knew who maybe not fans who hate him but he when he makes a mistake he turns around and goes like gets mad at himself and then plays better because of it i think it helps when the people that are supposed to have his back get after him and um and he just goes he just can really step it up there's uh, I think when Taylor Twelman doubles down on his support of New Who <laughs> and promises him a uh, a turtleneck <laughs> if, he, if he does well, then <laughs> that Taylor Twelman, my God, that guy is something else. Shows up with this turtleneck on, makes comments about it throughout the match. It's I like thing, that. It's one thing to wear a turtleneck, okay? Like just do that. Like wear whatever you want. Nobody's gonna shame you for wearing clothes. Like that's it's 2020. Uh, wear whatever you want. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm definitely shaming turtlenecks. I think he can wear whatever he wants. It's it's yeah, a, it's course. it's a look, right? He's he's a professional broadcaster. He's got the ESPN money, uh, even though he's the soccer broadcaster. He's still got some ESPN <laughs> money. He's got at least seven new who's. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but he, he he gets up there. Wear whatever you want. Wear a turtleneck. But it's like. There was enough of a vacuum where nobody else mentioned his turtleneck and he was getting to the point where he was like, does nobody else realize I'm wearing this turtleneck to where he mentioned it on the live (laughs) broadcast of the game. And I'm like, God, dude, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But now I care because you had to bring it up. (laughs) 100%. I do think it is a weird move of the Sounders to already announce next year's kit, though. I think that's a strange strange move to have already gone full 12 men and announce that they'll be wearing green green shirts next year with the 
turtleneck built in. I don't know. I just um, the blazers also is going to be an interesting touch. Adidas always trying new things with collars. I think the, <laughs> the, the turtleneck was only the logical next step. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. That'll be that'll be beautiful with the tearaway slacks and the. Uh. <laughs> it's there's a weird thing about the Sounders shorts that I didn't notice until uh, the match last night. Oh no, you're gonna ruin it for everybody. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> the the weird like uh sl- like slits between the um between the front of the short and the back of the short that like kind of overlaps itself I've never seen that in a soccer short before um it, it, you might not know what I'm talking about and you might have no. never re- realized it but go back and watch some highlights and, and like specifically focus on the shorts of the players it's it's just a weird style I've never seen it before I thought it was very interesting this has been my uh, fashion uh, <laughs> TED talk thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um okay well what an exciting match right like what a, yeah. what a way to start the playoffs i love there was a comment that they made in the broadcast where shane o'neill goes full bore during practice which concerns me because you lose a you know you lose the wrong challenge and break a guy's leg and then we're relying on a guy who has no minutes will bruin to try and take over you know something like that but he said that Rui diaz really gets up for that like the fact that Shane O'Neill is coming at him full bore is um, is something that gets Rui Diaz to practice harder and to take it more seriously. And you see that Sounder squad out there. I don't know about you, but the passing that they were doing, like you could tell the passing drills were something that they focused on in the last 10 days. It was all this triangular kind of like mid-2000s, late-2000s, um, you know, uh, Barca and Arsenal-type matchup where it was all these short, quick triangle passes and creating a lot of movement and space, and it was making a real creating a real headache for LA it it just it was good to see the team was so well as my wife would say rehearsed before coming out there they kind of had like they had some wind in their sails and for a team that finished so flat at the end of the season it looked really good yeah I think uh the the especially I heard that same thing on the broadcast and it seems like um it seems like Rui Diaz uh like is just always expecting the pressure and like he to be fair like Rui Diaz didn't get a lot of um a lot of touches last night, but when he did, he he finally got the goal. But it does seem like uh, I don't know if LAFC. Obviously, they're missing a few players, um, but it seemed like they conceded the midfield to the Sounders. To your point, like the passing that the Sounders were able to put together, uh, and and I don't I don't know if they were just thinking like, oh, we'll hit the Sounders on the on the counter, or we will. We're obviously the better team, so we'll be able to pass it through and whatever. But the Sounders just kind of dominated for most of that match. And even when LAFC had the ball, it wasn't like they were able to do anything because you had uh, the Sounders being Shane O'Neill in practice and just stepping to every single every single uh, player. And even when the passes were getting by them, you just didn't really have to worry about it. Sure, LAFC was able to get a goal off of a set piece, uh, but but other other than that, their chances were were pretty limited. Yeah, it was. You could really feel the missing pieces of Rossi and whatnot in the midfield there. To but that, like, I'll, I'll, you say that, and and like, sorry to interrupt, but like, uh, you obviously they were missing Rossi and, and a couple other guys that are obviously important to that team. Taylor Twelman has like as much as he talked up the Sounders and, and called them basically the best uh, MLS dynasty in the history of of the league, making the playoffs twelve years straight, uh, being in the last you know or three of the last four MLS Cups. At a time when it's the most competitive, when the league is at its best, its healthiest, its strongest, and right, the like best main not, players. You're not LA Galaxy with David Beckham playing against five other teams, right? Like it's it's a it's a full thirty team almost league uh, playing, yeah. you know. And so 
Um, but Taylor Tolman has goes on and says like this is a bit of an asterisk game because uh, LAFC is playing without their best players. I'm like, come on, that's life. That's that's any season. Yeah. That's any se- like the Sounders uh, always are dealing with injuries. We've got Kelvin Leader, our starting right back, playing with without uh, without him because of a hamstring injury. We've got uh, Gustav Svensson, who may or may not be the one with uh, uh, COVID, uh, not even making the 18. We've got Ariaga not making the 18 because both of those guys coming back from international duty. Do like, you? Do you think that when they tell Ariaga he's not going to play, they go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> they wag his finger at him, and he does it right oh, back, and it's like a game of uh, rock, paper, waggers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just don't know. Like, uh, it's it's. I just hate the idea that, like, oh, well, LAFC is playing without their best players, so... Um, yeah. Like it's it's a bit of an asterisk game, and I'm like, come on, man! Like this is every season, every team, everybody has to play through the same adversary adversity. Same people that want to put an asterisk on this season because of the way that it was played, because of COVID and all of the things. Everyone's like that. playing by the same conditions, though. That's the deal. Now, exactly. the, who catches COVID? That's a little bit different because you're asking people to give up their personal lives more than usual to try and stay healthy, and it's kind of an unknown. But it's an unknown for everybody. Mm-hmm. And while this season, like you can say it's an asterisk of a season because the same number of matches isn't played as normal okay like i can i can get behind that that it's a little bit different because it's not the same type of grind Mm -hmm. it's a different grind but it doesn't mean it's any less challenging for the people it might even be more challenging this year and you know when la earlier in the season had a guy go down in the 20th minute and then that same guy the guy that came in got hurt you know 24 minutes later and they still ended up winning the match like they were still able to overcome adversity so it's not like it's just it's not like this should have an asterisk because it wasn't a full strength lafc rossi could have been more careful or you know xyz like or i don't mean that but how about uh, the best team is the team that has the best depth like you it all the way down to your to your bench and the guys that do step in to fill it like Alex Roldan for instance a guy who uh, at the beginning of the season or in the off season, uh, had it was had his option declined by the team and and was basically just on the practice squad for the Sounders. We kept training with the team until he got a contract and is starting in the playoffs because Kelvin Leardom's out with a with a hamstring injury and it's like, killed it. And he was amazing. He looked like prime Pirlo out there. Like some of those crosses were just on a dime. He had the early crosses. He had, I mean, he played an amazing game. And all all I'm saying is that like LAFC, sure, you're missing Rossi. You're missing all these other guys. You can't play. And, and like Bradley Wright Phillips gets a, not a concussion, but definitely a concussion in the first five minutes of the match. <laughs> like um, he, he gets a Chad Marshall treatment and gets sent right back out there. And um, all I can think is like, sure, you can't play, but hey, if you don't have uh, uh, quality players on your bench and you you can't win a game, I mean, look at how LAFC played before Carlos Vela got back. Like they played yeah. like a regular Columbus Crew for most of the season, and, which is <laughs> which is to say unremarkable, right? Yeah. And then they get the, and then they get him back, and they start winning again, and then they lose. Like you can't hinge your entire team around one guy. And I obviously say that as a, support, a supporter of a team that hinges their entire team around Nico Ladero. <laughs> Nico Lodero, please. Sorry, Nico Lodero. That really, uh, that really grinds your gears, huh? The, uh... I just don't. I just don't like. Uh, I I brought it up to you when we were chatting throughout the game. Like John Champion calls Nico Lodero Nico 
Ladero. No, and, I, and you told me that that's a British thing. And I said, what, pronouncing people's names wrong? Well, well, first of all, hold on. I'm about to put you on notice here. But uh, it's I watch Formula One and the and the Formula One announcers, there's Nico Rosberg and Nico Hulkenberg. And they say it like that. And one guy, um, David Croft, who tries to get everyone's pronunciations correct, he like overdoes it. The Alpha Tauri team, like he like really overpronounces everything. So he'll be like, Nico Rosberg, and you're like, okay, guy. Like, I get that you're trying to overcome and say it the way that you think is right or whatever. But I don't know if because there's not the same Latin American influence that they say the, the letter I the same way, and so they might like they say we say there are A's differently than they do. Ross Fletcher, classically, I tell this all the time, used to make fun of me because I'd say, hey, what's your friend Andy up to? And he'd be like, Andy, Andy, it's Andy, and I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's his name. His name's Andy, <laughs> Andy, and he'd be like, Andy, Andy, Andy. Um, Andy like Craven. <laughs> so, so that could be that could be a a slight difference in how we um, just in how the languages are pronounced or what you're closer to, what other dialects are nearest to you. But I think it's funny because you say Christian Roldan, and if you pronounced it correctly uh, for um, Spanish language, it would be Christian Roldan. But I'm pretty uh, sure that Christian Roldan says Christian Roldan. <laughs> like I, I feel like that's how he says it. And also, he probably is Christian. Uh, when when he's like in Spanish, think, right? That, that, that's, yeah. Well, that's what at least this is what's funny to me is that John Champion calls him Nico Ladero, but then says Christian uh, Roldan or Roldan yeah. or whatever, and it's like obviously you can say e. <laughs> like we we know that you get, and that's where I got crustacean Roldan because uh, <laughs> crustacean every, Roldan is so good. Every time <laughs> John, every time John Champion said Christian, I heard crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> he like works with SpongeBob now. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't really get. It's just I. I didn't no, really notice it until he said Nico Ladero like five times within thirty seconds, and I was like, okay. Um, it's yeah. It's fun. It's a. It's fun to hear the two of those old men bickering at one another. Uh, the Twelman and John Champion. Like they like like the, the, I can't tell if their banter is set up and if it's fake or if it's real because he's like uh, it, before, the pregame, which we got to talk about, lasted for forty eight minutes. Oh my god! Like seven thirty match starts at twelve oh five. Uh, because it's on ESPN Standard Time, as you hilariously <laughs> joked. That's very funny. Um, yeah, the, the game's starting so late, but for them to go back and forth and like, can you guess what I'm going to ask you next, Taylor? And he's like, no, I cannot. And he's like, what's up with the turtleneck? And he's <laughs> like, why, I ought to... There was, one then- point, there was one point where John Champion, like, uh, there was a substitution that was made, and you could hear uh, James Wollard, our friend James Wollard, yeah. uh, uh, in, <laughs> in the booth. See his social media today. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it because he, he says something along the lines of, uh, like, he, you know, he announces the substitution, and John Champion says on the broadcast, you know, Taylor, I have to ask you, why does the PA announcer have to be so loud with nobody in the stadium? And Taylor Twelman goes, why does it bother you so much? And I was like, damn. Damn. Burn. <laughs> but also, I'd like to point out, like, go f*** yourself. You're not even here. Right. You're, right. like, in Connecticut, and you're talking about how you're not here. Like, why does it matter if these, like, it literally doesn't affect you that the stadium announcer is saying something? It's just, like, pure filler, and for Taylor Twelman to shut him down, it is incredible. Uh, I think that they yeah. are good friends. I think that they actually are good enough friends that they talk a little smack to each other like that, which I, like, really appreciate some quality banter. If you've listened to this podcast ever, you know that. But, um, yeah, very, uh, very cool to hear the get after each other a little. I can handle the turtleneck comments <laughs> if, if that's also what we get with some quality. I banter. feel like the, uh, the full 90 podcast swag this year should be our, uh, our logo on a turtleneck. 
<laughs> cool Keith, activate. <laughs> cool Keith, you have a turtleneck guy. We got a tur- oh. t- Taylor Thomas turtleneck emporium. Let's get that. <laughs> oh, he's got that. He yeah. got that for sure. <laughs> he got a turtleneck guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, uh, I, I'm sure we've talked about this before on the pod, but I am curious. Are you either a, or I should say, I, that's not how you phrase it. Are you for? Or against Taylor Twelman as a whole? I don't want any middle ground bullshit. I want, are you in or out on Taylor Twelman? Good or evil? What do you think? I get I get Taylor Twelman. I think like I think as a as a broadcaster, he does he's like Alexi Lawless Light, where he just says things declaratively because he knows that that's going to get a, a rise out of people. Like not a normal person doesn't go um doesn't say something along the lines of like Sounders are the best MLS dynasty team, like the best dynasty in MLS history without expecting like a bunch of, you know, LA Galaxy boys to get up in his mentions and and dump on him. So like, I think that Taylor Twelman is fine. I think he's, I wouldn't say he's a great broadcaster because I think that so much of what he does is he realized that when he went on a rant about USMNT, the US men's national team not making the, um, the the World Cup, he realized how many clicks and how many like uh, uh, people he got up in his mentions about that. He's like, oh, I can get popular by going on these types of rants and saying these things declaratively. Um, and I think that like it, he is the human uh, clickbait. That's what, that's what, that's what Taylor Tolman is. So I don't hate him. Like, I think that uh, he, his analysis is good as a, as a player, uh, as a former player, he sees things in the broadcast that a lot of other broadcasters don't. He, you know, he'll, he'll point things out. He'll say like, watch out for X, Y, or Z on this cross. And then that's exactly where the ball goes. Like he knows the game. So he's a great broadcaster. I mean, he's a great, um, uh, vision in the game i should say when he's when he's watching um but i can't really uh, <laughs> i can't really stand the the clickbaity uh irl stuff that he ends up doing i don't okay. know how, where do you stand on him i have a few things here one i think that if you were to remake a 1980s like skiing movie like ski school or something like that it would be alexi lawless would be like the cool stoner guys cracking jokes, and then Taylor Twelman would be like the rich snobby guy that's like off our slopes, slobs. Um, I think you could really cast these guys as those types of characters. Like uh, Taylor Twelman is like boarding school Alexi Lawless. Um, there you go. Yeah, and their perfect. takes and everything, because like. Yeah. I, hey, and the, is... the turtleneck still works too, so that's great. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> We've um, spent too much time on this podcast talking about Taylor Twelman's turtleneck, which I think is exactly what he wanted. <laughs> How dare you? We, we are proving we are proving his human clickbait Brandon, right now. I've got I've got more to say about this. <laughs> um, second, I think that Twelman is I don't I don't remember from when he played, but I gotta think he was an exceptional trash talker because. He's very refined in how he speaks and how he talks about these things, but I don't think it's intentional that he comes up with these takes. Like, I don't think, I think you're giving him too much credit as somebody who's seeking that chance to rile people up. I think he just naturally riles people up and he can spot, instinctively spot the thing that's going to upset people. I, I, I never get that it's premeditated. I never get that he's about to go on a rant about the U.S. men's national team for attention. I think that he's like mad about the U.S. men's national team and he's going to talk a bunch of trash. And then it sticks and then he digs in on it. Um, where I think that Lawless is much more of a like, well, I'm just going to say something casually and fart noise and I don't care if you hate me. I think Taylor Twelman like 
is less premeditated than we think and more rigid about it, which is cool because then you can see some crazy battles. I, for one, I know I'll catch a lot of flack for this, but I love him. I love everything about it. I think that he is, except for uh, that he'll never respond to anything on Twitter. Because <laughs> I guess I don't talk trash is the problem. But I, I love it. I think he's got really interesting insights for a simpleton like me, for just a, you know, whatever, a American boy. Loud, loud mouth American boy. Yeah, like his his insight into MLS specifically is really interesting to me. He might not be, I might not take what he says on like a Premier League level. I might want an actual Premier League player, and he might have dabbled in that a little bit, but like a a long time Premier League player, someone who played at the top level to give me those insights because I think it's another step. But for a guy that knows MLS the way he does, I think he's such a critical piece. Of the league, and for him to say something controversial like the Sounders are the best dynasty in um, in the league's history, obviously I'm going to react positively to that because I'm a chump. But I appreciate the fact that he, I'm only coming here from as a from a fan's standpoint. He's lived the life and he's seen how the league has changed and how it's improved. And additionally, the one time I ran into him in the broadcast booth, brag, I was um, he was so kind and so friendly. Like he gave me two and a half seconds of his time to say hi or whatever and made some quip and kept walking. But he was so, um, it was such a positive, I like walked away from it being like, that guy is cool. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think two things about what you said. One is like, you do get a Premier League guy in there like Casey Keller and then they're just like overly critical of everything that happens right. on the field. You're right. Like when you get a guy who lived his life in MLS and knows MLS and like no likes Zach it for, for what it is, right? Exactly. Like Steve Zakwani. And that that's what my second point was going to be is like, what would a broadcast booth? So Zach Zachwani, I didn't get to listen to the radio, but I really wanted to because Zachwani actually did the play-by-play for the for the match last night, um, and I want to hear how that went because because um, I we've talked about how much we respect and love Steve as a as mm-hmm. a broadcaster and especially as a color commentator. Like I would love to see him as a uh, um, as a play-by-play. So I'm I'm bummed I missed it. I'm hoping like I would love if anybody else listened to the radio who's listening to this podcast, uh, let us know how that went because I was a, I was going to like toss out the hypothetical of a Steve Zakawani Taylor Twelman broadcast like Steve it seems like the kind of guy who like Taylor Twelman might say like a declarative like this player is the best right back in the league and Steve Zakawani could be like okay hold on though <laughs> like he's the kind of guy that can have right. that back and forth because he also yeah. knows the league and also know what it's like to play against certain people you know what I mean I think that I think you'd have to have a three-man booth because you need a John Strong in there you need a I, I didn't hear Zach at all so this is no I have this is no commentary on his abilities as a play-by-play, but play-by-play is incredibly difficult to do well and sound confident and be entertaining about. I have very limited experience, but it is very challenging. Um, and it's not necessarily because you've played the game that you see how it develops. We hear Keith Costigan. I, I've got nothing nothing against Keith or whatever, but there are definitely people who are more entertaining to me than Keith Costigan. Um and just because he played the game doesn't mean anything. If someone can paint a picture, that's what I need. I need that entertainment factor. Yeah. And so Steve might be able to do that, but as an analyst, he's so fantastic. He's so just have- so much better at an analyst that it would kind of be sad to lose him to play-by-play because he is just so good in that, in right. that second chair. But to have – I love the concept. NBC does it, and obviously the Sounders do it a lot. To have the two analysts, the two color guys – 
and one uh, play-by-play guy and let them bounce off each other and let the play-by-play kind of call what's happening, especially on a television broadcast where you don't, as Ross Fletcher um, explained to me, you don't need to say everything that's happening on the field because people are using their eyes to watch. And so, um, yeah, so to be able to have the um, to be able to have the um, two guys that can go back and forth and then bounce opinions off of one another without having to wait till halftime to get Brad Evans to chime in on it or whatever is um, is fantastic. I I don't know that I would see that, but I would gladly give up as a fan, give up Steve Zakawani to a brighter um, to a bigger audience to the ability to have him branch out and get bigger. Yeah, to see him go to like the MLS level, like MLS national broadcast level. That'd be awesome. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices... Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That brings us to the most important player for Seattle. It's the Twelman's Turtleneck Emporium Man of the Match. I'm going to say, uh, even though Nico Ladero got it on the uh, on the broadcast, uh, your I'm going to say your Twelman's Turtleneck Emporium Man of the Match is Alex Roldan. I would go as far as to say Carlos Vela. Twelman's Turtleneck Emporium. When you want to hide a hickey on national television, you turn to Twelman's. Turn to Twelman's. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also say, would you want to look like a fancy evil villain? Turn to Twelmans. Turn to Twelmans. When we uh, when we were talking about it yesterday during the match, and again, I feel like we're spending too much time talking about Taylor Twelman, but we both said that basically he looks like the college frat dude that went to Italy once and came back and decided he wanted to start wearing suits and says ciao everywhere he goes. You want to come to my villa, dude? That's just an apartment. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao then. Uh, Ciao. A booza booza boo. <laughs> what does he say? Like when you go to like a Cheers, what do you say? Um, uh, In Italy, not, I don't know. I've never. Yeah, I don't know. You say, um, "Oh come on, it's such a salute." Salute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> salute to Twelman's <laughs> semester abroad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that okay that add that to our lineup of cbs shows 
Oh, speaking of which, sad news about the cancellation. I didn't I know. know that uh, one of our th- Thursday night lineup got axed. I know. So Brian and the Seaman, ever since we lost our uh, support or our, our main character to Brian and the Seaman, um, they replaced ratings that with are the, down. They replaced that with a time slot of uh, that's so new who. Um, oh yeah, that's which, so new who. <laughs> followed by better than Bradley's. Um, mm. Which is the the uh, the new one that is just Brian Schmetzer saying how much better he feels than Michael and Bob Bradley, who are both now out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so we can follow that, we, uh, replace that in the lineup with uh, Twelman Semester Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Italy is the best country to have ever been a country in the history of countries. Okay, Tolman, calm down. <laughs> I mean, however, he might not be wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm he's, actually he's willing to true. entertain that. Have you yeah. had? Have you had spaghetti? <laughs> I, I, no, what, wait, what? What's spaghetti? <laughs> that's for our other podcast, Modern Cooking. <laughs> that's for our, our other podcast. What's spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> It's one episode. It's really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is spaghetti. Oh, nice. Okay. So here's what we know, Brandon. We got another match next week on a Tuesday night at Bloomin' Field or Bloomin' Onion Field, depending on what mood you're in. We have yeah. the uh, Sounders FC taking on FC Dallas in a game of wieners. I mean, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a FC Dallas, a team that we, the, the Sounders, have not played this season. A team that they typically line up against three times in a year. Uh, yeah. They just haven't seen them all season. When when I watched the FC Dallas playoff game against uh, the Timbers, I was like, who is this again? Like, <laughs> I don't know any are, of your players. This is weird. Who are these players? I don't know who's, who these people are. Where's Perez? <laughs> Who? <laughs> like I don't even know. Like it's been so long. Like Jesse Gonzalez is not their goalkeeper anymore. The guy that like choked out New Who on that on the on the season finale of That's So New Who last season. That's so New Who. <laughs> uh, we have one jingle. We literally have one jingle that we just like <laughs> twelve turn to twelve. Brian and the seamen. Brian and the seamen. But that's canceled. That's there's good reason. It didn't you, it didn't follow along with the jingle formula yeah. that we have. Yeah. So so we haven't played against FC Frisco uh, all se- gardening with Frisco all season. And um, <laughs> what we do know in the one match that I've watched of them is Dallas against Fartland, and uh, they won in, in penalties uh, after they scored again. Again, Leaky in the end Timbers scored a late late goal to force extra time. Nobody scored an extra time. They go to penalties. Everybody takes amazing penalties until Portland has one saved um somehow dallas ended the season in sixth uh and uh they had four more points than colorado rapids <laughs> so um, and they missed the tournament they missed all three games of mls's crap cup yeah yeah so it's it's a weird um it's a weird season <laughs> Wait, is obviously two girls at mls's crap cup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but it does make sense that Fartland won. 